Hey guys, you have found the Ronin Rabbit Podcast, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I am your host, Ed Moore, and this is episode 7D70. Feedback can be left on the Ronin Rabbit Google Plus page, emailed to usagipodcast at gmail.com, left on the page at bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit, or added to posts on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page where I post these episodes there. This time out, Usagi Ojimbo Volume 2 Episode Issue, excuse me, 14, cover dated June 1995. This is the second part and uh, conclusion to Runaways. In here, we follow Mimoto Usagi and Takani at that time that the story is occurring, Kinuku, but she becomes Takani Herano which is who she is in current time. Uh, we have a flashback and current time kind of thing going on in this issue. We see Usagi's potentially first run-in with Shinjin, who I'll tell you who that is here later, and the fortuitous appearance of Gunichi, the uh, retainer to Usagi's also Lord Mifune. Now... Many terms in this one, both that Mr. Sakai gave us and some terms that I want to add uh, for things that I have found interesting. So I, I hope it's not an overload, but there are quite a bit of terms, particularly since the aforementioned couple episodes ago, Tanabata Matsuri, or the Festival of the Weaver Star, occurs in this issue, and there are several terms associated with it in particular, and then other things that come up. So the story starts for us with Usagi and the princess, Takani, uh, trying to blend in... Well, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Usagi is standing aside as the procession is coming through for Lady Hirano. So we have gone from real-time to flashback to real-time in last issue. And we're starting this issue in real-time. And because of the reference... Usagi now is flashing back to when Takani was Kinuku before she was married and became Hirano. So this is Takani Kinuku that he is remembering. He and she have escaped uh, an ambush and are on their own walking through the forest in peasant garb that they conveniently stole and trying to head for somewhere. So they're following a path hoping it gets to the village, ultimately gets to the Hirano Han, which is the ultimate goal. Along the way, they come on one of these traveler... Um, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a traveler's shrine or just a traveler's little hut that's built to give shelter for travelers along the way. But they rest there. Usagi retrieves some water from a nearby spring, brings Takani a drink... Uh, they share the water, they're sharing the time, they're sharing stories, getting closer, bonding. All of this is the story of another love interest that Usagi has had in his life uh, besides Mariko, who was his first. <laughs> this, this particular love story is destined for even bigger failure than his with uh, Mariko is, such that after these two issues, perhaps if I were Usagi, I would just swear women off and hang out with people like Genosuke 
at, at least there you know what to expect and you know so anyways that's my personal take uh, so they're sharing and they're getting closer and Usagi tells his story about the love lost um, the princess Takani tells Usagi the story of her uh, loveless marriage which is this that she is entering into she says well wow how strange we're both opposite sides of the same same coin uh, unrequited love of different natures and as they're traveling they see a village and she tells Usagi as they're entering the village that he probably shouldn't call her princess anymore but rather Kinuko which is much more familiar and so they're again getting closer and closer and closer so they're walking and they get caught up in the traffic going into the village and they see that it's it's a lot there's a lot of people going so Usagi asks the woodcutter and his wife who oddly enough are the woodcutter and his wife from whom they stole the clothes on their back and the food that they have eaten for their most recent meal yeah there you go everything goes around kind of thing big circle and the woodcutters tell Usagi and Takani the story of the Tanabata Matsuri uh, the festival of the weaver star the story goes that there were two star stars lovers actually named Shokujo which is Vega and Kenyu which is Altair but they were separated by the Amanagawa or the heavenly river which is a reference to the Milky Way uh, they are allowed to meet on one night of the year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, when the Kasasagi birds, magpies, stretch out their wings to form a bridge across Amanagawa. Uh, Shokujo is also known as the Weaver Star, and so this is not only a festival for lovers, but for the arts of weaving and sewing. And uh, thus finishes up our lesson uh, about this particular festival now uh, there are some things that we're introduced here in the festival as they enter the the little town uh, there is much revel making and joy and happiness and frivolity going on that the princess becomes or i'm sorry uh Tikani, or actually he's uh, supposed to refer to who uh, refer to her as kanuku gets wrapped up in because she has never experienced anything like this type of energy as being a princess before. Usagi probably has as being the more uh, common street samurai kind of thing. So as they're walking around and and becoming uh, more and more taken in by the carnival, it's a carnival atmosphere, she says she's hungry and Usagi calls down a street vendor who is hawking... um, Takayaki. And Takayaki turns out to be a confection that is, okay, uh, a ball shaped Japanese snack made of a wheat flour based batter and cooked in a special takoyaki pan. Uh, it's typically filled with minced or diced octopus, tempura scraps, pickled ginger, and green onions, then brushed with a takoyaki sauce and mayo, mayo mixed together and sprinkled with what they say is green laver. I have no idea what that is. And shavings of dried bonito. Uh, and so they're a rather intricate kind of street snack. I, I think there seems to be a lot of steps in there. But that's that's what uh, takoyaki, or at least one version of takoyaki is. I'm sure as you travel Japan, you probably find variations of it. But that's 
one uh, definition of the snack. So they get some. They're sharing it in a uh, in a common bowl as they're walking around now. Next, they come up to a game of chance, an archery game of chance. Usagi tries, misses the bullseye. The princess tries, hits the bullseye. Usagi asks her, wow, you, you have no experience doing this. How did you do that? And she says, well, I simply aimed for everything but the center. And of course, Usagi missed because he was aiming for the center. Uh, which is the way with a lot of those carnival games. If you actually try to do it, you will fail. But if you try not to, that's usually when you're successful. Not that they're rigged. That's not what I'm saying. Next up, uh, we're exposed to someone that is selling the Take Tombos, which are bamboo dragonflies. They're the propeller uh, on a stick that you whirl in your hand, and then the stick takes off and flies. I I know you've seen those. I've played with them. I never knew that this potentially was where they were from. This would have to be one of the oldest examples of that. I I had no idea about this. Bamboo Dragonfly. And then a couple towns, people run up to him and yell out, look, there's two more. Come on, you guys, you have to come and join us for the dance so we have enough people. So more revel making as they get involved in a big community communal dance here. Then finally, Usagi grabs her hand and says, you know, come on, we've We've got to get out of here before we get sucked into more things. We still have something that we're supposed to do, and that is get you to uh, the Han, where you were heading. Comments by passersby, what a cute couple, aren't they, they, they look good together, and that just helps them realize what they're feeling, but perhaps they didn't think they were showing, but according to other townspeople, they were showing their commonness of spirit, how they're having a good time. And in in the midst of all this, we see that somebody is watching them from afar. Several panels watching them as they're walking around, holding hands, having a good time. Walking through the village, they're continuing on. They're stopped by a young woman and her booth who is selling tenzaku, which are paper streamers, apparently, that you write a love poem on. And then uh, you affix it to a bamboo branch and have it wave it around kind of like a flag, but it, it has a message on the flag. And as all this is going on, they're still being followed. They're off in the distance by someone. Walking away, finally, from getting separating from the crowd, Usagi, at first, is finally able to regain his normal sense and starts talking about how they need to get back about what they're supposed to be doing. So they exit the village, and as they're wandering through the immediate countryside, uh, they come upon some kiku, uh, chrysanthemum blossoms, that apparently are the princess's favorite. She picks one and gives it to Usagi to help him always remember her, and they get closer, and they hug, and then all of a sudden, Usagi remembers who and what they are, and, and pushes himself away and says, you know, this this is this is as we this is good. We can't do this. This is not us. Um, we, we have to remember who and what we are. The princess beseeches him, but it it doesn't do any good. Usagi is you know coming back to the Usagi princess that separation that there should be, and in the midst of their talking and the princess's mumbling about Usagi's turning cold. Somebody says out, how touching. And as Usagi's reaching for his sword, he says, who are you? And the individual that's been trailing them all this time says, I am Shinjin, 
a Chunin of the Nico Ninja clan executive officer. Now, uh, I noticed earlier that the princess made reference to the Nico Ninjas as the ninjas that had attacked them. I'm not sure how she would have had enough knowledge to know that they were Nico Ninjas. Uh, that's a particular clan. Could have been any number of other clans that attacked them. Uh, I, I'm suspect that she would have known that. Usagi could have known that from his dealings, but I would be surprised that she did. So, uh, nonetheless, two, four, six, seven ninjas jump out of the woods behind. So you've got Shinjin on one side, Usagi and the princess in the middle, and then these seven ninjas come out from behind them and attack. And things are going okay for Usagi for a while. Uh, they they seemed to attack in mass, but they are separated enough by time and space that Usagi can dispatch them one at a time. So they don't actually get to him in a group. They get to him separated by a second or two. And so he is able to dispatch one, two, three. Others rush up, and he's taking them out. It continues... Some of the ninjas that are farther back decide to try attacking uh, via distance with their shuriken, uh, throwing stars. They throw those at Asagi. One of them manages to get him. When next we see everyone, Usagi is surrounded by a combination of ninjas wielding swords and several ninjas, more importantly, wielding kusarigamas. Um, Now, the kusarigamas are the combination weapons that have like a sickle-shaped comma on one end, a chain called a kusari, and then it's connected by a weight called a fundo at the other end. And a lot of times what you'll see is the weighted chain is whipped around and thrown at a target to entangle them, and then they use the chain to pull the target who is now wrapped up or or, uh, somehow some part of them is restrained towards the wielder so that they can then use the comma, which is the sharpened sickle to, to cut them with. So three of these are thrown at Usagi. One wraps around his hand and sword. One wraps around his leg. And one, the, the good one really, wraps around his neck. Um, and so he is he is being pulled separately by these things, but also restrained so that he can cannot get away. The other ninjas with the sword attack uh, the, the target who they think is now restrained. Usagi, having been wielding his katana and having it restrained, manages to reach down and draw his wakazashi. With that, he fends off the attacks of the encroaching ninjas, throws the wakazashi, killing the ninja that was holding the chain restraining his katana. He then can use the katana now to continue attacking those that are coming in closer to him, dispatching them. The one ninja that had his foot wrapped and was pulling it, Usagi used that energy of the ninja pulling the chain to roll up towards that ninja, dispatching him. Finally, he's able to catch his breath, and he yells at them, Come on, I know I can't stop all of you, but we'll sell our lives dearly. And it's a very beaten-looking Usagi, katana held in his hand, with these... uh, Kusari hanging off of him as he has killed the holders at the other ends. Shinjin says, no, no, that's okay. We see where this is going to go, and they take off. They run away. You think because they're, they know that they're defeated, but behind Usagi is Kunichi leading a contingent of soldiers because they realized that Usagi and the princess were gone and had come looking for them. 
Kunichi, uh, we see, drops the word shinobi, which is ninja. They rescue the two of them. Everybody gathers up and goes back to, or continues the journey to the Hirano Castle. Later on, Gunichi and Usagi are called for an audience in front of uh, Lord Hirano. He thanks Usagi for escorting her successfully to the Hirano Han, which is uh, the name for feudal clan, the Japanese word for that, and says that you will be rewarded, but is there a personal boon that you would ask of me? And Usagi says, yes, actually, I would like a moment or two alone with the princess, Kuniko. Kinuko, excuse me. So they go out, they talk. Usagi still wants things to be like the fun, we love each other kind of situation that they had. She has fallen back into her role as as a representative of her family, marrying a representative of another family, the political person that she is. So now she is the one that has turned cold, and Usagi is the warmer of the two. But no, she reminds him of the story of Shokujo and the bridge between them, the distance. Gives him a kiku chrysanthemum that is there in the garden as a remembrance. Walks off back to her world, leaving Usagi to go back to his world. Okay, that's the end of the flashback. We cut to the present where the procession now is coming up to where Usagi is standing. He sees the carriage with the princess, looks directly at it as it passes by, and then thinks, well, I doubt she even remembers that young samurai from so long ago, as it passes by. He turns, and with his uh, cuttlefish on a stick, or it wasn't cuttlefish, it was uh, something else, some other kind of squid, I forget. Maybe it was cuttlefish. Walking away... And as the carriage is walking away, we see a door slide open on the carriage and a feminine hand throw out a chrysanthemum blossom that falls onto the ground. Usagi never notices. As he continues his journey, she continues her journey, and thus is the end of their journey together. So lots and lots of words here. Uh, We learn about the Tanabata Matsuri festival of the Weaver star. Shokoju and Kenyu, who are the two being uh, held apart, that is Vega and Altair, they're being held apart by the Amanagawa, or the Milky Way, the Heavenly River. Um, Kasasagi birds, which are magpies, allow the lovers to meet one night a year. Uh, The takoyaki, the confection, the, the treat that they have. Taketambo, the dragon butterflies. The uh, Tenzuko, or the paper streams that the love poems are written on. Kiku, which are chrysanthemum blossoms. Uh, we're introduced to Shinjin, who is the Chunin, or the executive officer of, uh, or just executive officer. I believe we've had that word before. Shinobi, I believe we've had that word before, which is ninja. Uh, Han, or a feudal clan, I believe we've had that word before. And I know I've talked about the Kusarigamas before, the weapons that the ninjas in particular use. I do want to say a special thanks to Steve, who is administrator, or one of the administrators of the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo Facebook page. He usually is very... um, uh, 
kind. He's he's kind enough to make sure that everyone on the page sees the posts of the podcast when I put them up. He reposts it, usually with a comment about it, so that it's brought to everyone's attention. I want to thank him, and I appreciate that greatly, sir. Next time out is Usagi Ojimbo, Volume 2, Issue 15, cover dated August 1995. We'll see what happens on Usagi's journey then, guys. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.